Hello, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving to all of our American friends and followers. Welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and we've got a special episode for you all. We have a returning guest with me tonight, representing the land from down under, Mitchell Rua. Follow him on Twitter at Tripeiru Nation. Mitchell, how's it going, man? Welcome back. Uh, it's good to be back, uh, and I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, keen to talk all things Porto with you today. Yeah, man, I'm super ecstatic. We had a great, you know, we, we've gone back and forth over the last year and a half or so since mm. even before we even launched the podcast, even before we were called the Porto Podcast in English, we always message each other back and forth. So mm. we have you back on again. We had a great conversation on the last episode, and why not have you back on again and talking uh all things Porto. So what, what are your thoughts on uh, our season so far? Uh, I think it's, you know, it's been a bit frustrating as a fan. Um, we've gotten results um, most of the time, but yeah, it's just uh, the football hasn't been too good on the pitch. Um, hoping that changes uh, soon. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries and players out of form. So hopefully um, in the next few games, we can pick things up. But yeah, frustrating so far. Yeah, we had a pretty promising summer transfer window because we signed mm. pretty good players, attackers, promising young guys and and players with quality despite losing Otavio and not knowing the whole Teremi situation. Fran Navarro, Ivan Jaime, uh, bringing back mm. Francisco Conceição, really nice on the attack in my opinion. But we still yeah. left some things, some spots open still where we would think we need a left back, we need a center back. I yeah. love the midfield acquisition of Alan Varela. What I mean, what what do you make of all of of that? I mean, for me, I would think we had a B plus A minus transfer window, but it doesn't translate that what uh, like into it from this season. What do you think of all that? Yeah, it it you raise a really good point, right? It was a good transfer window, but it hasn't really. Um, that has that hasn't been seen on the field really um yeah. and i think it's a mixture of things uh i think obviously a lot of those players came in a little bit late they didn't have that full pre-season so um i think that's definitely been a factor i think um even james you mentioned uh, great player great player always been a fan of him um when we played uh, for malikal and he sort of to me i think he's the best suited to fill otavio's the hold that Otavio's left, and he's been out injured. So I think that's been an area we've really struggled in, just having that play can make that pass. Um, and sort of we've tried to play Pepe there, we've tried to play Galeno, Chico's doing it. I think Chico's been good, but yeah, they're just not, that their decision-making hasn't been the best. And honestly, they're a bit out of form. So I think we just have to wait and see. I think Alan Varela's promising. Um, and yeah, I think we've, we've done some good things in the transfer market, but we just have to see how those players sort of, uh, implemented, get gain some form, and yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah. What what do you think of the uh, center back and left back situation? I know for I, uh, yeah. I would say the majority. I mean, I, I think it's the consensus here that yeah, we should probably get a center back, and I'm talking us in the in the summer should get a center back. But everyone was saying we need a new left back, and I feel like this season. I don't want to say Wendell is the guy. I think we can do better. We can get better at that position. But I feel like he's been doing all right when he's healthy. But the center back situation, I've always touted throughout the summer. I'm like, I think this is the position I, that that is much more important, much more needed. And looking at Pep, looking at Ivan Marcano, what happened to him? I mean, what, what, what do you make of the those two positions? And do you think we should go after some players in the in the winter transfer uh, window? Definitely. Um, and I agree. Wendell, he's been good. He's been good. But I think we should expect or we should we should want more from Porto left back. Um, and also, yeah, he's quite injury prone. Zaidu's been out a lot too. Zaidu, we all have our issues with Zaidu. So I think left back should have been prioritised and I think should be prioritised as soon as possible. And the centre-back situation, Pep... He's amazing, right? But he's also 40. And even Marcano um, is out for the, I think, for the rest of the season. So we sort of left with Fabio Cardozo, who's a very competent 
centre back, but I think he's a he's a very good Premier Premier Liga centre back. I don't really want him to start. And David Carmo, who's had a good, I think probably his best run of games at Porto, so it's exciting. But you want to give him some solidity, and you want to give him that partner that you can develop that partnership with. And you know, Pep out all these injuries, suspensions. We need to get someone in. There's some there are some good centre backs in the uh, league that I've seen some good young Portuguese centre backs too. So it'd be good to for us to explore that. And I think January is a good time to do that because we need it now. We shouldn't be waiting, you know. Pep's still yeah. going to be injury prone and I don't want us to have to rely on Zé Pedro, who was great. Don't get me wrong, I thought he was good. But he's not, again, we need to expect more from our defenders and, you know, our starting eleven. I think, you know. We have, we're, we're, we're FC Porto, we've won two European Cups. You know, let's get, let's let's invest in some young guys. Let's Let's look to, yeah, develop this team. Yeah, absolutely. And not just to get another partner for David Carmo, we just need someone just to be healthy to come <laughs> off the bench because yeah, David Carmo yeah, and Fabio yeah. Cardoso, I think it could be okay for the rest of the season, mm. but you need to have someone else that can fill in when there's an injury, there's a red card, a uh, yellow mm. card accumulation, all that stuff. So I don't know. Mm. I love Pep and I, I admire even Marcano and what he's been able to do and what he's offered. I mean, he still leads the the team in the league in goals. He's tied mm. with, you know, a few other players, but he's been out for the last six games or so or seven games and he's a defender. So I admire and I appreciate everything that he's brought, but we have, we had a lot of old center backs. We need fresher, younger players with some quality. And I think this transfer window in January, I don't care who it is. Just need someone just to get by for the rest of the season. We can't rely on Pep, and obviously couldn't uh, rely on Ivan Marcano. So, so yeah. Before we jump into uh, the next topic, what do you think? What do you think is actually? I don't want to say wrong, but what do you think is holding us back from being a being at our our at our peak at our promising level of football? Because we have a lot of quality. Is it? Is it the players? Is it? the the lack of chemistry is it the manager's tactics all of the above what what do you think uh, I think I think it's a bit of everything I think you know Conceição wants to play a particular style and I don't really know if we've got the players to play it at the moment like I think it's a you know we we like to play quite direct um, we're quite physical we like to play sort of those two strikers one of them sort of plays a bit deeper Taremi and I just think we're really lacking that creative player Taremi you know, he's not just a striker. He's, he's essentially like a number 10, really, or a second striker. He has been out of form. Otavio's left. Um, he was, again, he was that guy, you know, he'd get a goal, get an assist, he'd, he'd tackle, he'd do everything for you. And he was a big creative, you know, out, um, I guess outlet or creative impetus, right? We've lost him. Um, haven't really replaced him. Pepe and Galeno are not the guy, like really those guys. They look up, they dribble. Sometimes they'll do something spectacular, but that's that hasn't been happening this season. So you sort of it's sort of up to like a Ustaku, Ustaku or a Varela to do that. And I don't think like I don't think they're the best suited. Like I want sort of some more of that number ten role. So I think we've struggled there to create. Um, maybe I think Kozesan's tried to be a bit more adaptable, hasn't really worked or hasn't stuck to it. He did a back five for a bit, didn't stick to that. He played one striker. Maybe he'll stick to that, who knows? Um, and then obviously, but I think obviously the overarching thing is there's obviously a lot of like resentment and disgruntled feelings within with the fans against, you know, those, the powers that be, PDC and co. Obviously, we saw what happened recently as well. But yeah, just obviously how, how they've dealt with, you know, how they've managed the club of late, the sales that they've made. So I think there's a lot of factors at play here. Like there's been a lack of resources for Conceição for a while. Conceição sort of plays this particular way. And he, I don't really know if he has the players at the moment because of injuries and such to, to play that system. And players are out of form as well. Yep. So I think it's a multitude of things. But that's what I boil it down to, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I want to say that this past transfer window, as we touched up on it, was one of the better ones in recent years. Yeah. And I feel, I feel Conceição got the pieces that he wanted, but I think the club overloaded on the positions that we were okay with, especially with wingers mm -hmm. and strikers. We have we have a lot of good a we lot of good players at the wingers. Yeah, five strikers, yeah. and then we have Crazy. God knows how many wingers. It felt like Chico Conceição wasn't really needed. 
Um, hmm. It was good to get Nico Gonzalez and and Varela. I think that was perfect. But you know the defense. I think a lot of it has to do with our defense. I think I think with time, in my opinion, that we can develop some sort of fluidity up top from the midfield and to the attack. But that defense, if you look at the goals, because we're pretty defensively sound, but if you look at the goals that we've coughed up this year, it's not even the very, maybe one or two all year were perfect execution from, from the opposition. A lot of it's just fundamental dumb mistakes that just lead to goal, you know, and you have to feel bad for Diego Costa because he's left out to dry on a lot of these. He's been amazing when he's able to defend these shots, but when he's left out to dry, you know, it's, it's frustrating for him and it's frustrating for the club. And as we, it, it's taken a toll on our season, not just defensively, obviously we need to do better on the attack, but I think with time, the attack will come through. Yeah. I think just to your point, like even not like think about defenders, not just their defending, even the way they go forward. And like, even I found our left on that left side, like, cause I do, you know, had it for a while was that left back and has still been that left back and he doesn't contribute much going forward. And I think that it puts a greater onus on our wingers to sort of have to do that, you know? When, right. So yeah. I think that's another problem as well. Um, and, and of course the defending is a big concern too. Like even I remember against, um, Gimarange, like the amount of times, like, cause I do lost the ball that that's them on the ball. The, the defenders can't pass and how much, how that invites pressure as well. So that's a very good point here that you raised too. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you see a difference of Galen when he plays with Wendell and then when he does mm. with, uh, with Saidu. I know Galen has been, uh, hasn't been playing as much lately because he was injured, but yeah. early on in the season, watching Zaidu on the left side with Galen. Galen was a completely different player. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that definitely needs to be corrected. It's, I mean, what, before we move on to the uh, the, the General Assembly uh, debacle from last week, what do you think it is that's up top? Because I feel like in games that we are creating, we're not finishing. And then in games, you know, a lot of games that we're just not creating and then we just have to force in these goals. What do you think our, our issue is up top? I think um, I think Taremi's out of form. I think Taremi is, yeah, he's not putting them away and, and they're not really, I don't think they're creating as much. Like, and I, I was a big Taremi fan. I still am. Um, but I just think maybe he should have left uh and it, we've heard what he's leaving. Pinto Lacocha said he's going to leave anyway. So why don't we at least pocket some money and move forward? Because yeah. Fran Navarro was a really exciting signing, has barely played. And why, why doesn't he play? I'm not too sure. Constantin sometimes likes to do this with new signings or like blood them for a year and then they'll come in. But I, I, it might even just be a stylistic choice. We know he loves Ivan Nilsson. He, you know, he, he uses body, gets, it, get, gets stuck in, wins the ball, you know, wins headers. Tony Martinez and Fran Navarro, they don't really do that so much. They get a bit more isolated. They're probably technically a lot more proficient, but they don't, maybe don't fit the style so much. So maybe we need to reconsider like how we play and the system we play. A lot of a lot of the best times teams in the world don't play with two strikers. I'm not saying we should we should just follow what's in vogue and you know just yeah. do that. But maybe we need to reconsider how we do that. Maybe we need to get more mid another mid. Um, to help create a bit more, you know, to to get the ball off Ustak and Varela and get into those areas. Maybe that will be what even um, Jaime does. He's coming back this weekend, so that's exciting. So, yeah, maybe we got to think about what's around the, the strikers and maybe try out different strikers. Bench Taremi, give Tony a go, maybe give Fran Navarro a go as well. Yeah, yeah. and just uh, the way that sounds, it's like trying to find that recipe to the perfect dish it's you have all the ingredients you have all the equipment it's just how are you going to use everything to create the masterpiece uh man it's that's a lot of you know going into the season i was thinking oh this is great like we have all this depth up top that's good quality and everything but it takes a while to figure out the right pieces to the puzzle and you have to experiment and sometimes it's not the best thing because you're never I don't want to say you're never going to have that chemistry, but it's much more difficult to get that fluidity, to get that chemistry week in and week out if you're just constantly trying to figure out what's best with all the tools that you have. So it's, you know, as much as we can criticize Sergio Conceição on his tactics or whatever, or his strategy, he's got a lot to figure out, and that that can't be easy. 
100%. But look, he's a great coach and um, I respect him a lot and I'm sure he'll figure it out. But yeah, look, it might, it's probably going to take him a little bit of time, which is not ideal. Um, but, you know, the teams around us in the league there, you know, some of them don't have it figured out either. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on to the General Assembly from last week. We touched up on it on the last episode, Jason and I, and didn't really have that much information coming out. We kind of wanted to see if there was more things unfolding. We really haven't heard too, too much uh, from it since then. I know the uh, Makaku, the, the, the Super Dragonish leader, uh, Pinto Tukash has come out on the village Boas, the whole incident with his house being vandalized, the whole nine yards. What I don't even know where to start with this. I guess we could start from last week. What did you, what are your thoughts in, on what happened uh, last week during the original uh, general assembly when fights were breaking out and had to be postponed? Oh, I think, I think embarrassed. Uh, I think if you're a Porto fan, you'd be embarrassed um, because what essentially happened was there was a general assembly uh, that um, socios paying members of the club attended, and at that event, at, at that assembly prior to it, um, well, even prior to that, for one, it was set, it was um, scheduled for a Monday night, late on a Monday night, almost to deter people to, from attending. Um, it was originally going to be in like an auditorium, and even though I think they could have seen or they could have envisaged that that room wouldn't have been big enough so they had to move it to the Dragon Kaisha which is where they do handball and basketball I believe and after that happened um, obviously there were some issues because a lot of Super Dragons were there um, and I've, I'd heard that they'd actually been caught they'd coordinated themselves to be like seated around the Dragon Kaisha so they could I don't know this is a, this could be hearsay but to essentially hear what people were saying and then fights would break out arguments would break out because they were in disagreement so essentially what happened was it seemed like I don't know some shady a, sh- a shady deal you know a bit of I guess soft you could say hard power like aggression mm-hmm. um, against the potential advers- or an adversary to Pinto do Costa in the form of AVB um, and if anything yeah, if anything, it's helped ABB's cause. But we can, I guess, we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, embarrassing is definitely one of the words because this is not mm. who we are. And seeing like kind of like a, I don't want to say this is a civil war within members and the club and whatever. It's just there is a divide among, yeah, not. Porto for what it is, it's just for the future of the club. And yeah. I don't want to say either side is wrong. Uh, I think both sides want the best for the club. And one sees it one way, the other one sees it the other. Um, I mean, what are what are your what what do you envision Porto? What do you expect for them for the future to make us better? Uh, because you have to constantly innovate in football, especially nowadays. It's mm. super, super important to get on top and try to maintain it. What are your what are your visions for Porto? What do you want to see from the administration, whoever it may be in the future? I want us to. Um, I think we need to work more on the pathways and the youth. We've got good youth players. Um, we want a UEFA Youth Champions League with a very good crop of, of players who you know came, did a lot of them did play first team football, but a lot of them only played for like a season or a season and a half and then got sold. Um, or they just sort of got lost. Um, a bit like Diogo Leite, right? And he's playing at Union Berlin, you know, pretty good team. Not doing too good at the moment, but, you know, good pedigree. So I think I really want us to work on that. Um, I think we really need to, yeah, just fix up the finances because obviously the finances are not in a yeah. good state. Um, and it's just odd that we make... I'm not an accountant, but we make all this money and then it's just, it just seems that we're constantly in debt. And then you hear, you know, stories of someone getting a commission from a sale and who's that guy who got that commission. Like there's some shady dealings and, you know, you hear that about a lot of Portuguese teams to be fair, but Porto gets a lot of it because of, they've got a history of of infamy with stuff like this. So I just want, I want us to really just launder 
our image, legally launder it in a way, just clean it up and let's like de- develop more of the youth, cent- more youth centered, playing good football. Yeah. And um, let's try and build a team that compete, compete in Europe and is sustainable, a sustainable team. That's what I want. Because Portugal, we've got great youth and a lot of Brazilians and South Americans love coming to Portugal. So we're in a great location and a great city to do that and a great country to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you hit the the nail right on the head, and uh, that was one of the questions I was going to lead up to it. But like, what? Because obviously, things need to be changed, and there's out of all the recent all the elections that Pintagosta had, this one that's coming up is the year where there's an actual contention or possible chance that you could lose, yeah. and. Yeah. To me, it's always been about the finances because especially in Portugal, like I said, it's becoming it's it's hard for a team from Portugal to get on top and maintain it. The second that one of the big three falls off that grid, it's going to be really hard because we're not in the EPL where everyone in the entire league makes 100 million if they if they stay in the league. You know, that's, yeah. that's a dream for us to get that money just from the champions league. And then we'll have, mm. you know, maybe 10 million from the league. Mm. For me, it's always been the finances. Is there any other issues that go along that, you know, that has caused this, this uprise? Cause that's what like, I'm more concerned about. Like by uprise, do you mean from the fans like this, this want for change? Yeah, where yeah, the that that's that sparked the change because I mean, for me, the deals with Francisco Conceição, Luiz Dias, mm. Fabio Vieira, Vitinha, they they could have been sold for so much more, especially yeah, Chico Conceição sure. should have never left in the first place. The release clause should have yeah, never yeah, been yeah. uh that low. I don't know. Uh what do you think of that? Yeah, um it's when we think about like I love to think about the team we had like 10 odd years ago when we won the Europa League like for me that was the height of like I was around for 2004 but I was a, I was a little kid right um but I, I was too young to really appreciate it whereas 2011 I was a little bit older um so yeah I love that team and you know they all went for big money there were a lot of world-class players in that side mm-hmm. and now we're sort of selling players for the same amount or less and it's what 10, 15 years later, and there's something called inflation, people. And yeah. our rivals are selling them <laughs> for three figures, like no, not three, like 100, 120 mil, which is insane. Like we, we were the the guys who did that. I remember everyone used to see stuff on Facebook, Instagram. Porto sold this many places, and now blah 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 blah. We're not those. We're not really those people anymore. We're still selling players. We're still making money, but not at the, not the heights that we were before, relatively. And I think that's another issue too. Like we're not getting bang for our buck. Luis Diaz is an incredible player and Liverpool got him for, they should have paid a lot more for him. That's all I'm going to say. And the Chico thing is insane as well. And he's arguably in our best forward. Yeah, He's been incredible. And we're going to buy him back for double what Ajax paid. It's, in, it's insane. So I agree with that too. The management of the club is, um, it almost like, something that frustrates me is we always talk, the, the coach, the, the president, they'll say, oh, Porto, you know, we always want to win the big titles, the Champions League. Do you really, do you really think you can win it? Because you're not behaving like it. You know, if you really wanted to win it, you wouldn't be, you'd be make, trying to get these bigger deals across the line. You'd be, I don't know, investing more in the club. There wouldn't be all this, sh- this shady cloud over the club around, you know, finances and dealings and stuff. So, you know, if we want people to take us seriously, we want to take things seriously, we need to take ourselves seriously and, you know, yeah, change what we're doing at the moment because it's, yeah, it's not working. And it's and in 10 years' time, it's just, I can just imagine things getting worse and worse and worse. So we need to make changes soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bright side of all this, I think the current administration has gotten a wake-up call. I'm liking mm. all the release clauses that they slapped on a lot of the young and mm. promising players, like, even players like Steven Ostaki who's got a 60 million euro release clause. He's never going to go for that. But hey, I'm totally good with that. You know, even yeah. Nielsen with 100 million, Taremi also 60 million. Pepe has I think it's 80 million. David Carmo 80 million. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that the club is starting to to go in that direction. 
I like how they were aggressive with the Taremi transfer. They they were standing their ground with 20 million. I still think they should have said, I think at all the times that we've transferred players where we settled for less, I think the Taremi one should have been the one where we settled. Okay. We'll give you, we'll take 15 million. We'll take 12 million for mm-hmm. him. We just need him off the books. That is okay to settle with, but mm-hmm. the ones in the past players like Vitinha and Fabio Vieta, they should have, we should have been more aggressive, but I don't know. I think I the, the positives on all this, I think the club has finally woken up and I think they're going to be more aggressive and we got out of that financial fair play, which has been kind of killing us and contributed to a lot of um, all this stuff, you know, all this uh, selling players for less. So hopefully, regardless yeah. of what happens in the election, whoever's in charge, whatever the administration is, we got to maintain our finances. Got to commercialize. We got to brand brand our club much better. I totally agree. I I hope this isn't just reactionary because there is a an election. I hope there's like whatever happens in this, there's there's change because because of all this, at least it's put a sort of a um, magnifying glass on the club in the sense that the fans are a bit more aware and maybe a bit yeah. more invested in that. So may so. The, like the, hopefully the club's more accountable and sort of yeah it's a kick up the ass that they needed um so yeah we'll see what happens yeah definitely hopefully that all this waking up wasn't just politics a political move to convince yeah. the fans that were criticizing the administration all right yeah. so i know you and i have talked about this on the dms uh all last week throughout you know, trying to figure out as much as we can about what happened and what the whole process was. Apparently, the, the the General Assembly was to have votes on certain articles among the club to be amended. A couple of the articles here was to be at, to be a member for at least two years before you could vote in elections or even amend uh, articles, and then also uh, to be a member, you need to be referenced by another member there's much more as well uh that was that was to be voted on what are your thoughts on uh, those uh amendments and why those were up for for vote yeah it's not it's not very subtle i think a lot of people can sort of read between the lines um it makes sense for like the current administration to do that because it, it, it works in their favor i'd say there's there's probably quite a generational divide when it comes to Pinto da Costa, the people who were around when Pinto da Costa wasn't around, when Porto was a mess, and the people who've only seen success. The people who've only seen success, you know, usually those younger generations, their thinking is a bit different and they're aware of, you know, Pinto da Costa's background and history and stuff. So I think there's sort of that, yeah, generational divide. Um, Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What was your question again? (laughs) So we had um, two, so we had two uh, amendments, right? Oh, um, the amendments. One, okay, 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 right. okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so essentially, if you look at it in that way, you know, the and those people are probably going to be joining, you know, more recently who want to be socials. I actually was someone who's considering being a social because I was like, I want to vote potentially for a different candidate given the, the situation, right? This was about a year ago, I was thinking this. So there are other people who think of that too. 7,000 of them, um, that's what I've heard uh, on Twitter. So that would stop those people from voting. And, you know, if you have to get referred by a more senior member, that, who is that more senior member? Someone who was, you know, a, a, someone who's a bit older, someone who's been associated for a while, somebody who probably likes Pinto do Costa, more likely than not. So you can see where, where they're getting at. Um, and I think, yeah, they're trying to sort of, I guess, put less influence on that generate on that younger generation who maybe wouldn't vote for him and maybe would want change. Um, that's how I sort of interpret it anyway. And I think a lot, that's how a lot of protesters are interpreting it online. Um, I don't know. I don't believe that's getting voted through anymore. Um, last I heard, but we can look into that, um, yeah. which is going to be, which is interesting. And obviously that works in favor in ABV's favor. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And we did a poll a couple of weeks ago, or right around this time, on mm. on Twitter. And we all know what the uh, the majority of the age group that's on Twitter. It's like what, like fifteen yeah. to like thirty five, maybe like or maybe yeah. forty younger yeah. crowd, right? Compared to mm. everyone that's been through this whole Pinto the Costa dynasty, mm. you know, 
about 300 people voted on that or close to 300 people. And it was 87% not Pinto da Costa, another guy, André Vilas Boas. So, you know, you're making some points here. You know, the newer generation, the newer people that want to become members, they're going to vote a certain way. So I don't know. Is it politics or is it just a coincidence? I don't know, but read between the lines, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't know if there's any other. Actually, so talking about Andre Village Boas, his house was vandalized uh, for a second time. It happened a few weeks ago, and. Yeah. Super Dragones don't take responsibility. Pinto yeah. de Costa, you know, I think he touched up on it. I'm not saying that's him, his doing, or the Super Dragones doing. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who could it be? You know, it's what, what do you make of all this? I think, look, there's no, we can't say definitively who did it, or at least I haven't seen anything online that can tell us definitively who did it. But again, you know, circumstantial, circumstantially, look all things considered you know you make it you make an assessment um but look if irrespective of you know we, we don't know the identity of who did it people are going to think that it was the super dragonish and that's going to probably help um abb it'll definitely help abb because the super dragonish are, are very much linked to Pedro costa who abb is running against so yeah um i don't know it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy if they're trying to like scare off abb or yeah get him to pull out and if he just sticks to it like they're just helping his cause whether he'll maybe be wins it or not i don't know but i think it definitely fosters just more i don't know disillusionment disillusionment with with the super dragons and pinto da costa who are big like political figures within porto yeah. they have a lot of power so, yeah yeah it's crazy in the next few months will be very interesting the campaign trail um I'm not into politics, but I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this this race. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's um, every four years here in the U.S. There's the presidential election, and every single year, I don't want to say every single year, but I would say the last couple of ones, the whole country, the whole world has been eyeing it, and they're like, mm. "This is the election of our lifetime. This is the one. This is the most <laughs> important one." So. I, I mean, I think I think this is our moment for as Portistas. I think this Porto election is the most important one of our lifetime. You know, the football's changing. We're trying to modernize, or we're just trying to improve as a club. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, both sides just want the best for the club, and that's what it is. So, I don't know. I think that's what it is—the most important election of our lifetime as Portistas, and it's going to be a crazy one. I'm sure as hell going to try to vote. So definitely, definitely, if you're a member, you should definitely vote because this one is going to be historic. All right. I think that does it on on all that. Any uh, any last words you want to put out there regarding the General Assembly or the elections or anything like that? Honestly, I think you put it really well. Like this is going to be, you know, huge. This is a huge time moment uh, for the club. And yeah, it's going to be crazy. I think it's in April, the election. So it's not yep. too far away. Um, we're interested to see how results, I know how results this season will impact that too, because, you know, we're not playing too great. So I'm sure that's sort of, that's not helping. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, crazy, crazy times. And um, April will be a huge month. Huge month. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Mark your calendars. I have no idea what the date is. I think it was like the 20th. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. We'll find but out. We'll definitely post out the date. Oh, we'll definitely put the date out on uh, on Twitter. And we'll, we're obviously going to talk about it much more in the coming episode. So mark your calendars just for April. How about that? All right. Let's jump into the best part of the show. The Twitter questions. We have... Six, seven of them. Our first question comes from Carlos at Carlos underscore A1381. Who do you want as the next president? And do you think the next president will actually be able to clean house and 
ensure the administrators of a club don't use the club for their own financial uh, benefit. He said it, not me and not you. So (laughs) (laughs) what do you, uh, what's your answer on this? Who who would you like? Yeah, I need to be careful how I answer this because I don't want my home to get vandalized. Um, So (laughs) um, I reckon... Look, honestly, I want change. I think change would be good. Whether that's Bahia or AVB, I'm not too sure. I think they both have their um, pros and cons. Just, you know, AVB obviously he's doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's been preparing for this role for a while. He's been doing management courses. He knows the club well. He knows the football side really well, which I think is something which is what we need, something we need. Um, and he absolutely adores the club. And he's a really bright guy as well. He's a very well-spoken, intelligent person. That's something that PDC's got as well, but AVB's got it in the tank too. But yeah, the lack of experience is a sticking point. And Bahia, who they've said could run in place of PDC potentially, he is obviously a lot more experienced, you know, loyal servant to the club. But I guess the argument against him would be, well, he's been in the club for a while. Like, is is he really going to clean house? You know, looking at the question that we've gotten, um, is he really going to clean house? Are we really going to see change? Is it more of just a compromise, you know? Um, probably more in like the Hui the mold when Hui Kosh has t- taken over. Um, so I don't know. We don't, I don't really know how Bayer would be. But I think change. I think just someone different would be good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The positives on all this, whether it's Pinto de Costa, Bahia, or André Villas-Boas, diehard portistas right there. And I think you need to have that at a club. Sometimes presidents go into clubs or they get elected, and they're just there because it's they're, they have experience in management and whatever. But I think sometimes you just need to have that passion behind the club. Experience is super important. Credentials, super important. But you need to have someone that loves the club. Unlike the Glazers at Manchester United, and you see what's going on over there. So I don't want to be like that. So I think we're in good hands in that. And I think I think mm. Vitor Bahia can offer good, more modern approach. And I think Pinto de Costa, yeah. as of lately, whether it's a political move or not, we don't know. But I think he's gotten back to what Porto... I don't want to say we're back to where we were, but in terms of preparing for the future sales of players... Like I mentioned before, I like the change and I like the moves that we made. Is it political? I don't know. But for me, I think all three of them can do a great job at the club. It's hard to say. I think I would go with a more modern approach, uh, a newer identity, a fresher face. So I, for me personally, I'll go with Andre Villas-Boas. But I'm not going to be too upset at the end of the day on what happens. At the end of the day, I think, I think everyone is well qualified and they love Porto. You know, that's that's yeah. enough for me. I, th- I think even if Pinto de Costa wins this election, I think that this will have an impact on, I think at some point someone else might come in the future, who knows. But I think that yeah. we, there's no going back. I think there's there's going to be there's change that's going to happen from, you know, this General Assembly and, and the months moving forward. There will be change. We just yeah. don't know in what capacity that change will come in. Yeah. yeah, and I, I and even if Pinto de Costa and I think he will win, I think he's gonna mm. I think he's gonna answer to a lot of the critics too because I think like this election was actually nuts. Even if he wins, yeah. you know, sixty to forty or fifty five or forty five, that is tight compared to to all the previous elections and whatnot. So I think he's gonna have to answer to a lot of the critics and try to get their respect, not respect, but I guess their support uh in return he needs to start doing things differently that's going to benefit all of the the members and win over all the members so i think this is a whether he wins or loses i think overall this is a giant this is a giant wake-up call for the club and i think it's i think it's definitely what we needed so let's see what happens Mm. luciano feltrin at l feltrin 98 do you think AVB has a chance. What do you think? Um, I I heard I don't see this is what we need to confirm, but I've heard that you need seventy five percent of the vote, which sounds insane. I don't know. I'm not too sure if that was to pass like state changes in statute, or if that's for the presidency. I might be wrong. But I, even if 
even if it is you need a 50% majority, I think it's going to be very hard. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of murmurs on Twitter about, you know, there's some shady shit going on with the Kazas and how the votes work and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously you've got, you know, the older generations, you know, that, that would make a great, like they've got the disposable income, they can afford to be sorcerers that, you know, that, so they're, they've got, they've got quite a lot of influence. Um, so I think, look, I think he's got a, he's got a chance. I think he's got more of a chance than he had a few weeks ago because of what happened at the general assembly and because his house got vandalized, but is it enough to sway the opinion that much? I don't, I don't think so, but look, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And, and Peter the Gosha sells a lot of support. And for me, despite me being like, obviously a younger guy and want a fresher face, I still love Pinto Fakash. I still like him and everything. So I think the consensus among the the sausage, I think it's more on Pinto Fakash that for me, I think Village Voas, as much as like this whole thing is shaking everything up and he's got some sort of momentum going his way, I think he's got like a 20% chance of winning this. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I'd be curious to see how close it has been. Like, I, I agree. Like, it's it's probably never been super close of other elections, but um, I'm just curious to see who got the highest amount. Because I think maybe, maybe, maybe ages ago in his early part of his tenure, maybe there were some closer ones because he hadn't sort of established himself so yeah. much. But yeah, I'd be curious to see if AVB can get the closest. So yeah, interesting to find that out. Yeah, definitely. Matt's at Matt's Attack 9. Who would be the likely five takers in a penalty shootout? This can include starters and potential subs. This was a great question. Yeah. It's been a while since we've been in a penalty shootout. So Yeah. I well, I would have said I would have said today. I'll say today me just because like look, it's it's we haven't had some sharpshoot we haven't had sharpshooters this year, but I'll say today me, you know, he's been our penalty taker. Um I'd say Chico because he's on he's he's in good form. Um, I put John Mario there just because I think he's been great. He's, you know, he's riding away. If you play for the Salasal, yep. like let's chuck him in there too. Um, do you want, do you want to round it out? Yeah, go for it. Just give me five. Oh, yeah. okay. Hmm. Who else? I'll give it, I'll, uh, I'll give it to Galeno as well. Hopefully he can score and I can get his confidence back up and, Let's get Ivan Ilsen in there too. Why not? Yeah. Actually, no, I'll do Ustakio instead. I'll do Ustakio. He's got a, he's got a main foot. He can hit yeah, it. He, he does. So I'll yep. put him in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I, I agree with most of them. Um, Galeno, I'll definitely give because he had a sweet penalty earlier this year. Like it was brilliant, but then he didn't yeah, miss one yeah. after. So, but I'll give I'll give it to him when he's confident. He's not afraid of taking it. So I'll go. I think taking a penalty in the middle of a game and then in a shootout is a little bit, a little bit different. Um, it is, yeah. Because it's do or die in a shootout. In the game, you have time to recover if you miss. Um. So I would go with Galenu Teremi because you you just kind of have to. He's not afraid and he's brilliant on his day. Even Nielsen, and then I'll go with Irstaki, like you said, and I think I'll give it to Alan Varela. I think I think he's a guy that can. You know he's pretty he's pretty damn accurate with his with his passing and his uh, and his long ball and everything. Not to say that that makes him qualified as a accurate shooter, but penalties are different. And I think he seems like a, a guy that can slot him away pretty uh, uh, pretty easily. So no, I agree. Like, That's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Varela for sure. And I, I don't know. There's something about him. It's just a lot of these uh, number sixes that defensive midfielders that will score like one or two goals a season. Those guys are pretty good from the, uh, from the, um, from the penalty spot. And he seems like a guy that's just fearless, calm all the time. And that's, that's half the battle being calm and not afraid is half the battle and having that confidence Mm -hmm. in my opinion. That's very true. Jack Hacken at Companator, if you could borrow two Fire Nord players for the, for the rest of the season to play at Porto, which two would you choose? The amount of injuries and the lack of depth this season is just too frustrating for me with all the infighting around the election. Uh, I mean, 
that kid Santiago Jimenez is an absolute animal. Uh, he's been killing it, and we could definitely use him. Despite us having so many strikers, he's been yeah. super consistent, puts the ball away, uh, and thank God he didn't go to Benfica earlier uh, this season because how <laughs> how Benfica signed the Brazilian Marega for twenty million <laughs> instead of Jimenez. That's just my I thank God that happened because he would be tearing it up. And I feel like Benfica's Achilles heel this season is a proper number nine. Just imagine if they had that lethal number nine, they would be, they would be even better than what they are. So I would go with him. I don't know if you know of too many other players that you would like. What do you got? Um, you were, yeah, I think you were talking about left back. Um, I've heard that their left back's pretty good, Hartman. He's like yep. a Dutch international. Um, I've seen it a little bit on YouTube. He's just like, looks like he's just attacks well, tidy on the ball, gets forward, plays a bit inverted yep. sometimes. I'd, yeah, I'd love someone like him. Whether we could afford him, I don't know. He seems semi-established. He's only 22. And um, they have a midfielder, uh, Quint, uh, Quinton Timber. And he's yes. Urian Timber's brother. I think they're yep. twins. They are twins. Are they? Or oh, the triplets. There are three of them. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, so... Sign all three of them. Let's get them. Yeah, sign all three. Yeah, but he'd be great. He looks like a, a really good mid. Um, he, he's, he looks like sort of a Jude Bellingham sort of mold, like can do everything. Yeah. Um, good going forward, dribble, tall, athletic. Yeah, but again, I don't, if, if we could borrow them, I think our season would be completely different. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Firenoid, help help us out. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Either of those players would be great and could be a huge help. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna shine some light on to David Hanko, their center back. He's super young and really, really good. He's one of the best center backs in uh, in the Eredivisie, and Firenoid have a great side. So, you know, it's. It's always good being one of the best young players and the best players in that position in the league. That's that's great. I we could take him right now in a heartbeat, and he he would walk on the starting eleven, no problem. Wow. So yeah, he's uh, he's great. He, David Hanko, and he plays for um, Slovakia. So he because uh, he, he might have played against us, right? Portugal. Yeah. Qualifiers. Yep. Perhaps. Mm. Yep. So definitely those. Great question, Jack. We appreciate it. Uh, next question is not really a question, but from Brian Nevis at underscore underscore Nevis six. This divide is going to cost us from having a successful season. And he's talking about the election. Yeah, that that's it's not a question, but it's a really interesting point. Do you think that's it's obviously taking not a huge toll on the fans. It's frustrating the hell out of them. I mean, look at the assembly. They're beating the shit out of each other. But do you think it's going to affect the locker room? Do you think it's going to affect the coaching? It's, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's, there's definitely potential for that, especially depending on how things are at the games, like yeah. with the Super Dragoons and the other fans. What's, what's, what's it going to be like at the ground? Um, but look, at the end of the day, these guys are professionals and there are some big leaders in that locker room and Conceição is an experienced coach and former player. So you'd hope that they can, you know, manage things. It's almost come at a good time because they've got the international break. So maybe they've sort of had a bit of time to like talk about it, at least the players that didn't go away and things like that. So look, you'd hope that they'll manage things. Um, it's not ideal you know, for the squad that this is happening for anyone, but hopefully, yeah, it doesn't really impact us. And I, I have faith that they won't let it impact them too much and they can just focus on the football. Yeah. And I think the personalities of Conceição and Pep are going to play a huge part in all that to not affect the locker room because they're two, you know, straight edge guys. They're straightforward, no bullshit, like just do your job type of people. So I think having those two in there is definitely mm -hmm. going to help maintain the shape of the players mentally and just focus on that. All the other stuff, it's just music. It's just background noise. Don't even pay attention to it. So exactly. Paul Andres 
at Andres 1973, it is clear that the club can't continue down this path. Change is desperately needed, but how do we bring about this change while respecting that PDC has meant to this club? Should we, should we rename the stadium in his honor? Should a statue be erected in front of the Dragon? I mean, yeah, we could we can name the stadium after him. We can name the whole complex, the pavilion, everything after him. I mean, the guy's a freaking legend. One of the best presidents in the history of football. A statue, yeah. They, they should have a statue in the middle of the city of that guy. Um, but yeah, change is needed. And I mean kind of touched up on it whether it's him or someone else change has to happen i think we've seen a little bit of change with being to the costa so yeah i kind of agree we can't continue the way that we were uh you know just last year the way we were selling players and years prior to that and the way that we've been financing our club you know financially maintaining our club it's got to improve right yeah, hundred percent. Change is needed, um, and it look and if and if we do want change, it must it look. It sort of comes in the form of moving away from PDC and doing something different. Um, yeah, but and of course, look, you should like whether you sort of you, you look whether you sort of agree or disagree with I don't know the PDC and you know, all the, the the stories around him, the infamy around him. Look, you, you can't deny you know he's. He's good at what he does. Like he's had a lot of success. Um, 100%. He's a great. He's a great leader. Speaks well. So you can't deny that. And he's done a lot for the club as well. So I think you should definitely recognise. But look, I think at the end of the day, it's about you know acknowledging the past and acknowledging you know your successes and failures and looking to move on and improve. It, it's you know we're by no means like just because PDC if PDC no longer becomes president doesn't mean that we think any less of them you know, we still appreciate what they've done, but, you know, we just, at this point in time, maybe we need a different approach that he can't provide for us right now. He's also in his eighties. Like, you know, he's been doing this yeah, for 85. a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of things. He's a smart, smart guy. Great businessman. Yes, yes. You know, guys made hitting cra- He put us on the map at the end of the day. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Is this one of those periods where, He's not at his best, and then it can get better. Possibly, I think there has been some improvements, which is great. But I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Well, it's it's hard to say, I guess. But we'll have to see what happens. Like, I th- yeah, I just I think it's I think it's like it's it's the mentality that we want to have. You know, we, we can sort of keep going down this path, and we can you know do well in the league and do okay in the Champions League. But you know, maybe. We, we, there's a there's a way we can sort of yeah use our resources a bit better you know lean on our youth yeah. a bit more there's a different way we could go about things and potentially look for even more success and and you know and maybe we need a d- different eyes to do that i'm not too sure or maybe we can do it with the people who are currently in charge but i can't but like look the way the general assembly happened and you know what people say about the super the going to the concert the fact that that even happened is, is just insane and the fact that someone in charge could potentially have done that it's it's insane and you and you don't and that's sort of a, that that then you start sort of thinking as a cynic about how they've managed the club holistically, you know, if that's how they're managing a general assembly. So that that's where the, these are huge issues that that are coming up. Um, and yeah. but again, you can't forget what the man's done. Like like you said, I think he there, there was a quote that he said like when he sort of first joined the club, they're talking about Borvista being the big Porto team, which is a crazy thought. Um, <laughs> looking at where the, yeah. what's happened since, right? But um, yeah, look, the guy, yeah, put Porto on the map, you know, won us two European Cups, best, you know, what amazing period that we had in the last 40 odd years. Yeah. Yeah. Cuarenta anos disto, right? So. Yeah, exactly. As it continues. Hey, we'll see what happens. We got one last question before we wrap things up. Our last question comes from Carlos Teixeira at Ale Porto Ale. Do you believe this is the end of the Pinto do Costa era? What do you think about that? I think we sort of both agree, probably not. Um, not the immediate end, but yeah, it could it could be <laughs> it could just be different, right? This era it could be a yeah. different era. It could be or it could be the start of the end. I think it's the start of the end. 
let's agree. Yeah, I think I mean, it's. I think I mean, it, how much longer yeah. is he going to do this for? You know, it's, there's it's also that. Five years like, old. Yeah. 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 Well, I think a lot of people do think like, look, the only way he's going to not be president is if he dies or gets very ill. Um, yeah. Not like obviously not sugarcoating that, but like that's what people think, and it's honestly probably true. Maybe maybe not so much now. Um, I guess it really depends on how this election goes and how the next few years, if, if he wins that, the years after that, how, how the club performs. And if the club continues down the yeah. path they're going, I think people are going to get you know sick of it. Yeah. Shit, man, I, I give him credit for wanting to do this as efficiently as he has for you know four decades. Yeah. It's been great. Overall, his, his entire resume, his legacy, it's... You couldn't get any better than this. You really, really can't. I mean, I give him credit for just doing this for as long as he has and wanting to do it. You know, uh, I mean, that speaks volumes on how much he he loves the club. I don't think he would be doing this if he didn't love the club. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And just like the whole wanting to do a lot that. of the image and identity as well has been fostered by him, like sort of Porto against the capital, like, you know, this yeah. more very industrious, hardworking people. Like, and it, it's sort of like that. You can see it from him. Like obviously I put the little back in the day, even Conceição has got that too. So like, yeah, he really built the identity and really built the club from the ground up. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, what he's a done. And I think we can't forget. Yeah, pretty much, right? It's yeah, it's incredible. Um, and if you think about the plays we've had, like we've had some stars, but we've never had like the huge stars that have come from like Benfica and Sporting, right? That have come through their academies or whatever. We've had a lot of good players and industrious players, hardworking players, players we've you know picked up from around the league that have gone on and done great things with Salasal and international teams. And it's that identity is great, and he's a big part of that. Um, so yeah. Yeah, honestly, like crazy respect for what he's done. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, nope, definitely don't think it's the end. And at the end of the day, I think we're going to be fine. I think, I think if it's someone else, I think we're going to have good people that love the club and that mm. have a good vision for the future. If not, I think Pinto the Costa, you know, he he's he's been great. And I think he can get back to that. Uh, I think, and you know, he is still great. I think he knows what he has to do. I think he's just having this, you know, six, seven, maybe eight year period that it wasn't at his best. But in the meantime, we still won quite a few trophies. So could have been better, but it could be a lot worse. And we wouldn't be as frustrated as we are because we expect more. And to have that expectation Something had to put it there to be that high. And a lot of credit has to be because of him. So I think we're going to be in good hands. I think this is a wake-up call for the entire club, the administration, whether it's a new president or not. I think this is definitely what we need, a giant shake. So I think we're going to be all right, even with yeah. the Costa, think- despite some people being frustrated yeah. with him. It's just it's great that we we have a club where the fans sort of have a quite a voice like like they can actually vote on who you know leads the club not all clubs have that so um we're sort of yeah it's great that we have that um and yeah and i think ultimately the fans will you know if if they think we're sort of going down a, a bad path we will ride ourselves and we'll ride through the storm and hopefully they can hear the fan what the fans are saying and they can continue down this good path as you mentioned good transfer window and we can keep working towards yeah, improving and winning more trophies. All said. All said. All right, Mitchell. I think that that does it for this episode. Any last words before I wrap things up? Um, not really. I guess uh, hopefully, you know, we um, can pick up some form, score some more goals. Uh, we've got Ivan uh, Jean coming back, they say, this week in the TASA, which is awesome. So hopefully he has an absolute blinder and we can just, and he can be a key part and hopefully really like not save our season, but I guess take us to the top and get us to the, that level that we really expect of this group of uh, very talented players and, you know, a great coach in Conceição. Yeah. Hopefully he's that spark and we play Montalegre tomorrow for the Daça de Portugal. Yeah. And then we have Barcelona on Tuesday back in the Champions League. Two big games. I want to, wow. you know, I want to win this Tasa de Portugal, so 
keep yeah. keep that streak going with trophies and hopefully we get a good result against Barcelona. I think a draw, a win would be amazing. It would qualify us immediately and a draw would be a pretty decent result. I wouldn't mind it at all. And I think it would put us into uh, the next round of the knockout stages. So hopefully that happens. So, all right. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Follow us on Twitter at uh, FC Porto Pod ENG on Instagram, Porto Pod ENG on Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, hit the five stars, please. It really helps us grow. Leave a review if you wish. And we will see you all on the next episode.